0: Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.
1: Um, I'm so delighted that Dr. Ruth Ann, a clinical psychologist, was able to come onto the show a little bit earlier. Um, And what does that show? Lots of resilience um, and the ability to pivot. (laughs) What can we say, Ruth? These are all the words that people are using during this time. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Nick, It's just Ruth. Not Dr. Ruth, I'm just Ruth. Just Ruth. Say no more. (laughs) So, Ruth, (laughs) you know, we called you, we said you, you thought you had another 15, 20 minutes. We said we need you now. That was that. You adapted. And I suppose you have to because this is what you do. Um, and people are talking about interesting times and this is what COVID is bringing. And, you know, on this show, we have the most phenomenal cancer warriors who join us every week and they share their story. Um, yes. And obviously, that first diagnosis, the shock, the idea that they have cancer, the the knowledge that they are now to embark on a completely different journey. It's one life ends, another life begins or a way of life and there's a lot of suffering yes. that goes with it and we just have to look at what COVID's brought us in terms of suffering suffering on so many levels and so we thought it would be so interesting to look at how we are able to find meaning in suffering, of course we look at Victor Frankl we look at Man's Search for Meaning the book that he wrote, we look at um, the Logotherapy and talking about when you have meaning you can endure so much how do we tell our audience listening right now, how, how how do we talk about meaning when there is suffering?
0: Nikki, I think it really is individual. And I think that there are a lot of people who find it easier to bear things that are so painful and are so frightening if they can, you know, can find a meaning in it. But for a lot of people, I mean, I think it's important that we don't say to people that, you, you have to suffer because, you know, that your suffering is in order for you to grow. I don't think it, it, it kind of justifies the suffering or is the reason for the suffering, but I think if people can find, um, ways to feel that in some ways that they have, um, learned something or that, that what they have gone through has, has brought other things into to their lives it certainly makes it easier to bear mm. but I, I, I do think that it's a personal it's a personal journey and people need to get there by themselves and, and I know that a lot of people have you know been very hurt when, when, when they've suffered a, a tragedy or going through a very, a very frightening illness when people say well it, all, everything happens for a reason you know you can decide that for yourself but you can't impose that on other people so people need some people you know get there quite quickly other people you know, take a long time. And some people never get there. But, but you know, we have seen that being able to, you know, find either changing the way you live or starting to value different things has certainly made both emotional and sometimes physical pain easier to bear. Do you think, Ruth, I mean,
1: there's a beautiful quote by um, Carl Jung, the world into which we are born is brutal and cruel and at the same time Mm. one of divine beauty. Do you think we have an unreal expectation of how life should be? In other words, you know, a good life is one that has no suffering, that has no challenge, and that if there is any kind of challenge or setback in life, it's bad luck or we are cursed. Or Do you think that that's
0: the the origin of the suffering, perhaps? Well, I do think that it's kind of... Idea of the American Dream and that attaining happiness is life's goal is 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 kind of quite current. You know, life has been very harsh and brutal in 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 many in years gone by, Um, and I don't. You know, then there wasn't such a thing as childhood till you know about a century ago. Um, So I think that our idea about life. um, has shifted, and, and possibly we do have the sense of we need to be happy, and and we we can't, you know, any kind of of suffering or pain is an exception. When actually, you know, life generally there are things that bring joy, but there are a lot of things that happen that are out of our control that do cause distress and loss and pain, and. And I, I, th- I think that it's just part of our current condition that we find that difficult to to tolerate, mm-hmm. um, because I, d- I do think that there is this um, idea that you know that we should be happy all the time. And our relationships should be you know easy all the time, and if they're not, then something's wrong. Well, if they're not, something's normal. I mean, obviously when, when things are causing you in, you know, unbearable despair and grief, that isn't okay. And it's very hard to function. But I do think that it's very, you know, it is very hard for us to, to realize that there are a lot of things about life that aren't fair. And, um, there's a lot of pain and so much and, and loving people means, you know, possibly losing them. Um, and and I think that it's that it does. It takes courage to take that risk, um, but our lives are also so much more meaningful when we're able to connect, connect and accept people into our lives. But um, so I, I do think you're right. I think that our expectations of a happy, pain-free and non-suffering life make it sometimes really hard for people to cope um, when life doesn't go smoothly, which it hardly ever does. Mm-hmm. And also, my eleven a few days ago. What did he say? He said something about um an unusual day is when nothing unusual happens. <laughs> and I thought that was so interesting. I'm not sure where he got it from. Um but but it was it was such a it was such a I thought it was such an interesting interesting thought because life is so unexpected. Um yes.
1: Yeah, it it is it is this idea, and so when when something out of the well the norm, and even then we can say what is the norm. I, I just keep going to COVID. You know, we ask the question: yeah. If did you did did any of us know that our year would look like this? That that we would be having weddings and bar mitzvahs and brisses and whatever on Zoom? That um, some businesses would be closing down. All of these things did we know? No, we didn't, and we're having to adapt and we're having to change. Um, and yes. so we're realizing more and more just how we don't control things. But perhaps, Ruth, um, you know, we know, we do know that if we want to achieve something, we've got to work hard. So, I mean, kids at school right now, they know they want to pass an exam. There's pain, right? There's pain in the work and the, yes. the, there's a the certain mm-hmm. amount of there's suffering. suffering. That's it. There's effort. You go to gym, you know that there's kind of pain there. There's effort. And then you're going to get the results. And yet, yet in normal everyday life, we don't apply that when it comes to how we deal with relationships, how we deal with those kind of challenges. And Mm -hmm. I just wonder, Ruth, why is it we're not equipped to deal with that? Because it's so out of our control. And yet... No one is excluded from those kind of challenges, yet we're, we're not equipped to deal with them.
0: No, we aren't. And I do think that, um, part of it is also kind of how, you know, our schools, um, in terms of teaching, I know that things have changed with, you know, life orientation, but it's not, it's not taken seriously enough. We, we don't, a lot of people, we, we don't have the skills to negotiate and understand relationships to work out, to problem solve. Um, and I, I think that it's, it's partly because I think we're kind of in a, in a bit of a takeaway society where, you know, we can get takeaways and we can, you know, if there's something that we don't like, we can throw it away and, mm. you know, get something else. And, and I suppose that there's a sense of if it doesn't work, we just replace it. Mm. When in fact... Um, you know, I think that we we have to learn to be able to tolerate um, distress and discomfort um, in a way that allows us to 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 not feel like as soon as something is difficult that it means that we mustn't continue to pursue it or that we must give up on it and again, there is a balance it 's not about staying in in toxic relationships or Putting up with situations that are really destructive. Um, it is about a judgment of saying when this is intolerable. But I do think that we, we, we're not, um, we're not equipped and we, to kind of tolerate too much frustration. Um, and, and I think that that's a pity because it means that, um, we often don't work at things that could improve. If we give it the right amount of attention, Um, we want quick fixes. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will come to me for therapy and say, you know, I just want a few sessions, but you must just give me tools to, you know, to feel better. Um, And it's, you know, life and therapy, unfortunately, doesn't work like that. Part of of what we have to do is learn to tolerate um, things that are difficult and learn to find ways to... um, To manage it and be realistic about, about our lives. You know, otherwise we, there's always a sense of it should be better. I haven't, if I haven't made a lot of money, then I'm a failure. Um, if I've got a relationship where we sometimes argue, then it's a bad relationship. If my children aren't getting, you know, eight distinctions, then, you know, then I've been, I've been a bad parent. And I, I think that we forget to, to kind of celebrate the ordinary, um, and just be able to, kind of enjoy what we've got and where we are rather than always looking for something more. Um, So I I do think that we, we forget in this, it's the kind of society that we're in, which is competitive and which is quite cruel and quite harsh. So I suppose, I mean, you've just said you have some people who say, just give me the tools, the tips,
1: you know, to, to find happiness or because, as yeah. you said, I mean, it is kind of like this outsource society where we, we go externally to try and fix something that's that is internal. So so let's talk to that because we started off talking about, you know, finding meaning in suffering and and it's almost as if you can find the meaning after the fact. So you've been through the illness or you've been through the job loss or you've been through that and you can look back and say, wow, so this is what I learned or this is what I gained or I'm stronger because of X, Y and Z. Ruth, how do we do it in the moment? So if you're saying, let's go into that moment, let's look at the ordinary, look, let's look at all of that. How does one when one has that diagnosis? And is it, can we break it up into stages? You know, like you've got the stages of mourning. Um, so would there be yes. the stages of a diagnosis, for example? Would there be shock and then anger and then disbelief? and Do what, what, you, you know what I'm saying to you? For people who are listening, how can yeah. they break that down
0: and find meaning in the moment? I think, Nikki, what's also important is that people need to also mourn and grieve for how their life has changed. Okay. And I do think sometimes we're so desperate for people not to to suffer that we want them to get better and and find meaning and start you know being positive when actually you know when you get a very a frightening and life changing diagnosis it's absolutely appropriate to feel shocked and sad and terrified and i think that everybody needs to to go through that in their own way, and I do feel that sometimes when people straight away are saying, "You know, I, I'm I'm going to fight this, and I'm not going to be negative, and um, you know, this is why it's happened," I think sometimes they push the the kind of despair and distress away, um, but that isn't healthy because that will come out in another way. I think it's absolutely appropriate and necessary that people go through. Um, whatever they need to, and and that we allow them. I think that we need to appreciate that sitting in pain, you know, psychological pain, when something like this has happened is part of what people need to do. And as I said, it does become easier to bear, and easier to manage when people are able to say, you know, um, I know I'm going through something really difficult right now, but... Um, I'm able to spend more time with family or whatever they whatever they're taking out of it, but it's important that we don't make people feel that something's wrong um if they're not able to kind of fi- be finding this this purpose you know very quickly um and so I think that's also part of what I was saying our discomfort with yeah being in distress and seeing people we love in distress and the most important thing we can do is actually just be there um, I mean often we don't know what to say and being able to say I am I was so sorry to hear and I, I don't know what to say is, is enough um, yeah. I think that you know being there and letting people know that you are concerned and being able to offer practical help when it's appropriate is what people need um, and I, so I think that You know, a lot of the time I'll, you know, I'll hear a story of, of somebody who, where there's been a loss and immediately they want to put, you know, everybody in therapy. And it's almost like we, we can't bear to see people, um, struggling. And, um, but that sometimes is what needs to happen. So I would just say that we also have to respect, um, the level of, of kind of shock and sadness. And fear and confusion. Um, and when people are ready, um, and they are able to, to start finding a purpose or finding a meaning, um, that is what, what helps a lot of people get through. But it's not something we can, you know, force people to do and it's not something we should ex- expect that if they don't do that, they've failed. You know, they failed in being a good cancer patient because they haven't seen how much they've grown through it. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they just need to say, It's terrible. I hate it. I wish it hadn't happened. And I'm really, really distressed and depressed about it. You know, that's Mm. also okay. Mm. Um, So that's just something we need to bear in mind. Yeah,
1: I think it's such an important point that you've made there, Ruth. I think there is, as I said, you know, this, when you look at the stages of grieving, because they were so beautifully written and, and it's so clear for us to understand these very specific stages. It's important to know that there would be stages with, with the diagnosis, for example, and then a very important part of that would be sitting in the pain, as you, as you put it, whether it is shock or whether it is anger and, and I think being able to express it and, for people who love you to be able to bear that, to be able to bear the pain or the anger or the whatever. We find that so difficult. We want to make nice, don't we? We just Indeed. want to
0: fix we things. We don't want people to be sad and worried. But I think another thing is just to also be aware that while those stages do describe, um, you know, certain emotional states that we go through, um, they, they don't necessarily happen in discrete and distinct you know, phases. Yeah. There, there, can be different, you know, it, it's a bit like a roller coaster where you can, you know, feel completely overwhelmed and in shock and then feel really, you know, despairing and then go back to, to feeling okay with what's happened. Um, so I think that the, the model that, that Cooper Ross talks about with loss and grief does describe some of that journey. But it's not actually, um, straightforward. And that's part of what happens when people are going through, um, you know, such incredible shock is that they feel like they're going mad because they don't, they don't always know what they're feeling because the feelings can change. Um, because it is so hard for our, our, our kind of minds to catch up with what we know factually. It's really difficult to, to kind of integrate that into, into like understanding and really, you know, coming to grips with the fact that life has changed so suddenly. Mm. Mm.
1: Ruth, I thank you. I, I'm, I'm so sorry that I have to end our interview now. It's so interesting. And I just want to kind of summarize and please um, feel free to correct me. But, uh, you know, we started off talking about finding meaning in the suffering. Um, and I think such an important point that you've made is, you know, drop that for a while and feel it and allow the emotions to be there. And it doesn't have to be there for a specified amount of time. You know, be able to sit in the pain, be able to feel the disappointment. Sadness, loss, anger, whatever it is, um, the meaning can come when the meaning comes. Um, but yes. but allowing the process is an important, a really important part of of this journey. So thank you for that, Ruth. You're it's welcome. really been so fascinating having, having you on you the me. show. Sure. Okay. Take thank care. you and, and, and thanks for being so resilient and, yes. and adaptive. What can I say? You're awesome.
0: Yes. <laughs> and so thank you okay that to Thank you so okay. much.